Good morning and welcome to our service of worship here at First Church of New Knoxville. We're so glad that you've decided to join us for worship today. We have a guest musician who will be offering up our prelude this morning. Welcome. We welcome Lily Leonard to our service today. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lily, for starting our service out with that beautiful prelude. I have several announcements I'd like to share with you this morning. Uh, welcome once again for all those that are gathered with us here for Sunday morning worship, as well as those that are listening on the radio and watching us on Facebook Live. Uh, we're so glad that we're able to worship together as a church family, uh, no matter how you've chosen to join us this morning. So welcome one and all to our service today. A few, like I said, there are several announcements and many in the bulletin. If you are here with us, I encourage you to, to follow along in your bulletin, as well as uh, encourage those that aren't with us to pull up the bulletin on our church website, firstchurchnk.org. We extend our love and sympathy to the family of Charles Vornholt, who entered into Christ's care on Wednesday, August 19th. He was 95 years old. There will be a private family service here at First Church tomorrow, Monday, August 24th. We also extend our loving sympathy to the family of Nancy Snyder. As many of you know who've been praying with us, Nancy has been one of the people on our prayer list for the last several weeks, and she passed away on Thursday the 20th. So we extend our sympathy to Nancy's family and ask you to continue to keep them in your prayers as well. There was on the altar this morning is for three couples celebrating wedding anniversaries of 50 years or more. 
Happy anniversary to Orville and Bonnie Height, who will celebrate 52 years of marriage on August 24th. Also, happy anniversary to Gary and Emily Wiedemann, who will celebrate 58 years on August 26th. And also, happy anniversary to Robert and Sandy Deerhake, who will celebrate 61 years on August 29th. Praise God for those couples, and happy anniversary to all of them. We also want to extend congratulations to Andrew Arnett and Olivia Milkey, who were united in Christian marriage on Saturday, August 15th at St. Augustine Church in Minster. Andrew is the son of Troy Arnett and Robin Serrano, and Olivia is the daughter of Steve and Mary Beth Milkey. Uh, there's also a couple reminders, too. There are the, our hymnals are still available over in the Heritage Room. Uh, just a reminder for those of you who did not hear, uh, who were not here last week, uh, those are all older hymnals that we are no longer in use here at First Church. And we wanted to see if anyone would like to have some at home as a keepsake to use for family worship. And so there are a variety of hymnals over there uh, for free to take home and use. Um, there are several generations of hymnals, in fact, and so I encourage you to take a look and, and hold on to some as keepsakes. Uh, just to remind you, we did keep some of them. Uh, some of the nicer copies at the church, of course, we'll have for future use or reference. Um, and we'd love to see these uh, hymnals go to a ministry or organization that can put them to use when we're done with them here. So uh, we will leave them over for several weeks. If you'd like to take any home with you or gift them to a family or friend, you are welcome to take them free of charge. Also at the Ministry Center, uh, you see there are a stack of our cookbooks that the youth uh, put out a few years ago. Uh, we have many, many copies still available, and we want to encourage you to, to pick one up. Um, they are $5 is all we're asking. That is a huge discount from what they were originally. And so I encourage you, if you'd like to take one as a gift for a, a family friend or just another copy for yourself, they are $5. Just go ahead and put any, donate, any of the money into the blue jug next to the cookbooks. And all of the money from this point on that we make from the cookbooks will go directly to the youth ministry. Uh, we also want to remind you that our softball game with the United Methodist Church tonight uh, is canceled. Uh, there's just a lack of interest. It's hard to field a, a volleyball team with just a few people. So, or excuse me, a softball team with just a few people. So we will not be meeting at the park tonight. Hopefully we can reschedule an event like that at some point in the future. One other announcement to share for today. Uh, we have a special guest with us that will be sharing during the service. Uh, if you notice in your bulletin, uh, we have a missionary to Turkey here. Um, his name is Samuel. You'll notice in the bulletin, um, and that is done on purpose. If you were here with us, he did come and share with us about a year and a half ago about his ministry. Um, so you may be a familiar face to some of you, but he will be sharing later on in the service, uh, talking about his ministry. And we will be having a presentation in the ministry center after the service where he's able to talk a little bit more in depth about what he is doing and, uh, and how we can as a church support him and, and, and encourage him. So if you're able to stick around after service, I encourage you to join us in the ministry center. There will be some light refreshments and those sorts of things. And, uh, and we'll be able to hear from Samuel some more about what he is doing uh, and what God is leading him to do in Turkey. At this point now, I encourage you, if you're able to stand with us as we read our call to worship this morning. Our call to worship is Psalm 66. Hear God's word. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. 
All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke. When I was in trouble, I will sacrifice fat animals to you in an offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened, and he has heard my prayer. Praise be to God, who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. I invite you to remain standing and sing with us our first song this morning, Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Seated. This time I invite forward Miss Nikki for children's chat. 
I'm also very excited to also invite our children forward. If you see, we have some dots on the ground up here. And so what we'd like to do is, is your children's hat teachers miss your smiling, wonderful faces. And so if you'd like to, parents, of course, at your discretion, uh, children, you may come forward for children's chat today and going forward. But what we'll ask you to do is sit on the dots, please, so that you can still spread out a little bit and keep your distance. But Miss Nikki is so excited for you to be up here and to be sharing children's chat with her this morning. So come on forward if you'd like. Sit on a dot and Miss Nikki you may take it away. Yep. Pick a dot. Any dot. Go ahead and put your tush. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. Okay. I might actually move a few things closer to you so that you can see better. Are you going to sit? That way you can see. All right. Here's one. Find a polka dot. Find a polka dot. Thank you. Find a polka dot. There's no polka dot there, buddy. How about right here? Thank you. Come on. Right here. There we go. Okay. I'm going to move this a little closer because you are going to want to be able to see. All right. All right. Well, it's been a while since I was able to see you, but I'm so excited about this. Do you see what I have in my bucket? It's a white powdery stuff. Have you seen that before? What do you think it is, Reagan? It's... Yeah, it's baking soda. And in my jars, there's a really smelly, clear liquid. It's called vinegar. Can you guess what's going to happen? Ooh, we haven't done this experiment yet. <laughs> You're exactly right, Reagan. All right, let's see. Why don't you grab one of those glass jars and pour it in the bucket? Reagan, why don't you grab a glass jar? Joe, why don't you grab a glass jar? What's happening? It's fizzling. Yeah. Why don't you grab one more jar and pour it in the bucket? It does. What's happening? It's fizzing. That's right. If I take my little bit of baking soda and I take my vinegar and I pour it in, Wow, it starts fizzing. Now, how'd that make you feel? Is that pretty exciting? <laughs> well, guess what? Every time you say a prayer, this is just like how God feels about you saying a prayer. It's really exciting, and he bubbles up with excitement because you are talking to him, and he loves you so, so much. He loves it when you talk to him. He loves it when you reach out and go, Lord, I'm thinking about you today. And he goes, yay, kind of like I did when you got to come up here. And so... I want you to remember that prayer is important, not just because we ask for things, but because God is so good that he wants you to talk to him. He wants you to have a relationship with him, and it makes him so fizzy inside that he can't wait for you to talk to him. Let's pray and talk to him because it makes him so excited. Hi, Lord. It's us again. We are just so fizzy and excited about talking to you. You are so good, and we love you so much, and we are so thankful that we get to talk to you whenever we want. 
Amen. Thanks for coming, guys. Very carefully, you can head back to your spots. Thanks, Reagan. Thank you, Nikki. Mm-hmm. This time, I'd like to invite forward Samuel. As I mentioned, he's going to be sharing with us a little bit about his ministry and what he is, uh, what is God is calling him to do in Turkey. And um, like I said, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more here in just a moment after he's done sharing. But I do want to encourage you. He's going to have some time here in the service to talk, but also he'll be able to share a little bit more and a lot more detail about what is happening uh, after the service. So I hope you're able to stick around and be a part of that as well. So Samuel, thanks for being here today. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Turkish. Uh, I'm so blessed to be here with you all today. As uh, Pastor Joel mentioned, I was here a year and a half ago, got to share a little bit about my turkey ministry. God's done some things since then. My path has been a bit rocky, and I've been back in the States for about a year now. Um, But the Lord is preparing me and equipping me to, to go back to Turkey and to be there as a minister of the gospel and to thrive while doing it. Um... As I said, the road's been rocky, but I'm really looking forward to this. So if you don't know, Turkey is the largest unreached country in the world by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a big deal. As the church, it is our goal as followers of Jesus who sends us out to all nations, baptizing, uh, sharing the gospel, making disciples. And so in my past six years of Turkey, I've been teaching English. Um, and getting to know students and build relationships. And I really have a heart for them. The Turks, the students that I've been had the opportunity to know, but also the refugees. Turkey is in such an interesting state right now. The, the government, I don't know if you've been following the news, it's pushing back towards a very conservative, old-fashioned, um, Islamic type of, of government and political system. But the people there... They're not all like that. They're, they're, they're hungry. They're thirsty. They're seeking. And they're, they're being made ripe for the gospel. And I believe it's, it's the role of the church here in the States and elsewhere to send workers into this vineyard to share the gospel, to tell them about Jesus, to, to allow them to know that there is hope because they work for their righteousness. They work for salvation, and we all know that that doesn't work. So a little bit about what I'm doing and what I will be doing, and then as Pastor Joel said, I have slides and pictures and lots of time to answer questions and and have a conversation about what's going on over there. Um, So as I said, I've been teaching English for six years, but I'm going back now as a full-time supported missionary, which means I'm not going to be working in a school or doing any of that other stuff because I want to be focusing on church ministry on building and equipping the saints to reach others for Christ. So I'm a part of the International Protestant Church of Ankara um, as someone who leads Bible studies, who does fellowship events, who does outreach and pastoral counseling and care, and also works in, in our church has recently got a, um, an apartment um, unit that they converted to a refugee center. And there's hundreds of thousands of refugees in Turkey. But this, this is one small way of starting that. God loves these people, and he's given me a heart to love them as well. And I hope, I hope during the course of our conversation today that you will also be burdened by the Holy Spirit to care for these people, to pray for these people, 
to pray for me as I go into this spiritually dark territory, this battlefield with Christ and through Christ to let them know that he loves them more than anyone in the world and they do not have to earn that because God loves each and every one of them just like he loves each and every one of you and me. And so part of what I'm doing here in the States this this past year is inviting congregations, inviting individuals, inviting people to take this call, to take this um, commission from the gospel seriously and to pray for these communities who are are surrounded by darkness and despair and who need the light and the love of Christ. So I'm going to pray for them right here and right now and pray that the Holy Spirit would teach us how we can be a part of this. And then, as, as Joel said, after the service, I look forward to seeing as many of you as possible so we can talk a little bit more about this. And you can ask me all sorts of questions. I look forward to that. Holy God, thank you for your work here in New Knoxville, in Ohio. Thank you for sending workers into these fields as well, planting seeds, watering seeds, and watching disciples grow. I pray that you would continue to raise up workers and supporters to see those seeds that are being planted in other parts of the world, specifically Turkey, be nurtured and grow into fruit as well. Make disciples, Lord. Show your gospel. Show your love to these people and allow them to be transformed by the power, the love, the presence of Jesus Christ. I pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, Samuel, for, for sharing with us a little bit here today. Um, before you sit down, I'd love to pray with you, but I also would like to share a little bit more about how we can support him. Uh, first of all, of course, is prayer. I think, I think that's the biggest thing. Anytime we have a missionary here that shares about what they're doing and the work they're doing, no matter where they serve or who they're trying to reach, I know that's always the number one priority is prayer. So we can be praying for Samuel and others that are serving the Lord in, in mission fields. Uh, but we also have an opportunity to support him uh, financially as well. And one difference you alluded to here uh, is, is when he was living in Turkey previously, he was there kind of Lone Ranger style a little bit. You were, you were working there, but also doing ministry on the side and um, didn't really have the support system in place. This time around, Samuel will be going with the support of a sending agency and a group that will help him. You've even done some training, some support already stateside in, or in preparation of that. So that's a really good thing and a, and a wonderful thing. And so uh, that's going to help him out a lot as well. Uh, but he's also looking to raise money and raise support. Uh, it's always an awkward part of this whole process. It, there's, no, there's no way around that. And I know it's always kind of strange for an individual to stand up here and ask for support financially. And so I always like to do that on their behalf. Um, if there's anyone who would uh, like to support Samuel and his ministry, we have an opportunity to do that. Um, I have some slips here. Uh, that has some information. It's a place to put down your email and request more information or request contact from him about how you can uh, become part of a support team and that sort of thing. Uh, If anyone would like one, I have copies. Uh, He pointed out to me as I showed him this morning, I said, is this what you had in mind when when we talked about this? He said, yeah, that's great, but it'd be nice if they could put their name on it too. All I did is put a place for email. So if you take one of these and would like to fill one out, 
put your name and your email down here so he knows who to contact and support. So, um, and also we'll have copies of these next door as well in the ministry center. I encourage you, if you're able after church today, to stick around. I know he's got a lot more to share and can, can interact with you as well to be able to answer questions. So uh, with that being said, I'd love to pray for you. One quick thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so with the, the, um, yeah, with the email, if you sign up, you will get all of my newsletters. No catch. No, no, I mean, even if you decide you can't give financially at this time, you will still get all my newsletters, and you'll be able to pray and know what's going on over there. So that, like, like Pastor Joel said, that is the most important thing, is to have prayer warriors. Actually, I want 50 people praying for me every single day while I'm over there. So if, if you like that, I would, I would love that. So. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's go to the Lord in, in prayer for Samuel and his ministry. Lord God, I thank you so much for, for Samuel and his, his heart for you, Lord, and his heart to share your gospel with people who desperately need to hear it. Lord, I do pray for him for, for provision, Lord, first of all, spiritually and emotionally. It's a hard thing to be in ministry. It's a hard thing to be in ministry in a foreign country uh, when you're out of your normal context and out of your comfort zone. So I pray, Lord, that you would enable him and equip him to serve you faithfully in Turkey and, and in the ministry that you're calling him to. Thank you for the church that he's connected to and, and uh, pray that he's, he can find even more opportunities to serve you and serve this church while he is over there. And Lord, we also pray for your provision financially as well. We pray, Lord, that he would be able to raise support uh, for, for his ministry, uh, whether that's people from here in First Church or other, other churches that he is visiting as well. Lord, we pray, Lord, for your financial support for his ministry and for others, Lord, that are working to spread your gospel in places that desperately need to hear it. So, Lord, I pray that if, if there is anyone here who is feeling inclined, feeling led to give in that sort of way, I pray that you would, you would connect them, Lord, and encourage them to do so. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, Samuel. I also want to take another moment to, to share another announcement before, with you before we go into prayer again. Uh, I wanted to share this announcement a little separate so it didn't get lost in all of the other ones that I had to share with you this morning. And that is an update about our service times going forward. As you know, a few weeks ago I asked you as a congregation to share with me your thoughts about, uh, about service times going forward in the fall with the start of Sunday school again. Uh, just to remind you, you know, we had been at 9 o'clock here at, at First Church before the pandemic hit. And then uh, as things changed and we had to kind of rethink how to do ministry during the pandemic, we, we moved the service to 10:15 in order to kind of streamline some things. But now that we're preparing to start the Sunday school department back up again this fall, we, we had the conversation about what to do with service times. And so, first of all, I want to say thank you for your feedback. I did, we did, as a church, get a lot of input from you as a congregation, and I want to thank you for your openness and honesty when it came to your preferences and your thoughts about service times. Uh, one thing I shared with Spiritual Council and Consistory these past couple weeks is that there was no bad answer here. There was no bad solution for the service times, both Returning to 9 o'clock and keeping the service at 10.15 are certainly good options and can work for the ministry of our church. And there are good reasons why, why we could go with either one, and we've talked about some of those already. Uh, but having heard your, in, your input and having discussed more at Spiritual Council and Consistory, Consistory did uh, come to a, a conclusion and vote this past week about service times, and we have decided to return the service time to 9 o'clock starting September 20th at the start of the Sunday school year. So what that means for us is we'll be returning back to 
uh, quote, our normal schedule as it was before the pandemic. We'll have our morning worship in here and the sanctuary at 9 a.m. and have our Sunday school hour from 10.15 to 11.15. Now, what does that mean for us uh, when it comes to our radio ministry as well as Facebook Live? Well, radio ministry doesn't affect it at all. Our radio ministry and with T102 is for 10.15 to 11.15 on Sunday mornings, no matter when we have church here. So what we'll do is go back to the way we used to do things, and that is record the service and play it back for the radio broadcast at 10.15. Uh, for Facebook Live, which is a ministry we hope to continue to use going forward, uh, the, the Facebook Live broadcast will move to 9 o'clock. Uh, so, so those watching on Facebook, the, the stream will go live at 9, but that doesn't mean you have to watch it at 9. If, you, if 10.15 is what works for you and you like to watch the broadcast along with the radio, um, that Facebook Live stream is, begins at 9, but it can be played at any point after that. So it will be live at 9 o'clock but you can certainly watch or join in at any point after that. So the Facebook Live will uh, still happen. It'll begin at 9, uh, but that service will be available at any point later on in the morning as well. So I just want to say thank you for everyone who gave input. And one thing I want to share about what I heard is, is the encouragement I heard from both sides of, of the aisle. So there are some that wanted 9, of course, or some that wanted 1015, and good valid reasons for both. But one thing I heard from both sides, no matter, no matter what their thought was, uh, they, they, I was encouraged when people said, no matter what time we choose, whether it's 9 or 10.15, you know, we're a church family, and they're going to be participating in worship no matter what. And I want to just say thank you to those of you who have that mindset, because we are a church family, and no matter when we worship or, or how we worship or what's included, those sorts of things, we are a church family, and we worship together. So I want to just encourage you with that, and thank you for those that have participated or shared their, their preference, and we look forward to getting back not only just to 9 o'clock schedule, but just having Sunday school a part of that as well. And all of that will begin again on Sunday, September 20th. With all that being said, let's return to the prayer and, and lift up our concerns to the Lord. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. You are good in all things and at all times. No matter our circumstances, no matter our situation, we know that we can turn to you in prayer and lay our burdens at your feet. Lord Jesus, you invite us, especially when we're weary and heavy burdened, to to come to you and lay our burdens down and to take up your yoke, which is easy, and your burden, which is light. Thank you, Lord, that we can find rest in you no matter what is going on in our lives. Lord, this day I do pray for the families of those who lost loved ones. You pray for the family of Nancy Snyder as well as for the family of Charles Vornhold. Thank you, Lord, for their their life and all that they meant to their families. And we pray, Lord, that you would be a source of strength and peace and comfort to them now as they mourn the loss of a loved one. We also lift up the concerns that are represented in our prayers and concerns list for this week. Thank you, Lord, for your presence with each of these individuals and their families. And Lord, no matter what situation is represented here, we ask that your will would be done and that your... Uh, that you would bring good out of a bad situation like only you are able to do. We also pray especially this day for those in Iowa, Lord, as that, that we're in the path of this storm that went through this past week, a lot of devastation, especially for the farming community. And so we pray for provision and guidance for all those who were in the storm's wake. And we pray for a, a quick and full recovery for those, uh, especially those farmers who were in the wake of that storm. 
Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness once again. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. This time, if you're able, I invite you to stand and sing with us once again our praise song, King of Kings.
man named be seated. Our scripture reading today is once again from Second Thessalonians. We'll be looking at chapter three, verses one through five. If you have a Bible with you today, I encourage you to open it up with me and follow along. Again, we'll be in Second Thessalonians chapter three, verses one through five. If you don't have a Bible with you, the words are printed in your bulletin. The Apostle Paul writes, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to read from your word now. And I pray as we take a look at it together that you'd open up our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So I think I've shared this with you before, but coming up with sermon titles is not my favorite thing to do in the world. I feel like I, I always kind of go back to the same sort of things. And, and as I was trying to prepare this message for us this week and trying to decide what to uses the title, I, I, decided to, I decided to use the kind of prayer that God answers. Now, this title may be a little misleading, and it was maybe a little bit intentionally so, and I want to share that with you why now. There's, the, the title there assumes that there's a kind of prayer that God doesn't answer, right? right? That's, that's the implication of that title. But I'm just going to come out you know, I'm going to come clean right here from the get-go and share with you that I don't believe there are prayers that God doesn't answer. I believe that as we pray to the Lord, He answers each and every one of them. Unfortunately, sometimes the, an- sometimes the answer is no, right? Sometimes the answer is not right now, and we feel like that is an unanswered prayer. But that is an answer to prayer. God does answer our prayers always. It's just not always in the way that we would like or with the answer that we would choose for ourselves. But he does, in fact, answer our prayers. But what I want to talk about today and what I think Paul is is giving us an example of is the kind of prayers that God does answer affirmatively, the kind of prayers that God does say yes to. And that's what I want to take time this morning looking at. How can we pray? What sorts of things should we be praying for if we want to see God work and move and answer our prayers in the affirmative? And we don't need to look no further than the example that Paul gives for us here in this passage from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. There's two things that he prays for right there in the first few verses. And, and that's what I want to take a look at today. But before I, before I jump back into Scripture, before I read that, I want to just think about our experience with prayer as well. I'm sure we've all been a part of a group when someone has asked, how can I pray for you? What's usually the response? That right there, right? Crickets. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've been a part of a group, and I'll, say, I'll, I'll look around and I'll say, well, let's, let's pray together. How can I pray for you today? What, what in particular can we lift up to the Lord together? And more often than not... There's silence on the other end. But Paul here was not shy, right? Paul was never really that shy of a person, especially when it came to prayer for others and also for himself. He often asked for prayer, but he didn't just ask for the usual prayer requests. 
Right? He didn't ask for healing for his dear Aunt Sally. He didn't even ask anything for himself most of the time. When Paul asked for prayers for his letter, in his letters, when he was requesting that the churches pray for him, in fact, it sounded a lot like what Samuel asked for prayer for earlier today. His requests were never self-centered. They were always focused on the advancement of the gospel. If we want another example besides the one before us today, we need to look no further than Ephesians chapter 6. Right, a very familiar passage with, about the armor of God, about putting on the armor of God. And after he gets to the end of this, these instructions about standing firm in the Lord, he says this, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Right, Paul's main concern in most of his prayers is for the gospel to be advanced, for boldness in his preaching, for provision, but not necessarily for his comfort or to make life easier, but provision for his ministry that they may, also, they may do the work that God had called them to do. All right, that's what Paul's main concern is in his prayers, and the same is true here. Paul usually doesn't pray that his circumstances would change either. His prayer for himself and for others is normally that God would change their hearts and use them in the midst of those circumstances. All right, I can think of one notable exception when Paul prayed for his circumstances to change, and that's from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. I'd like to read that for you. Again, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Paul writes, Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Right, that one time that Paul asked the Lord to change his circumstances, the answer that he received from the Lord was no. I will not remove that thorn from your side. I will not change your circumstances. More than that, Paul learned that God's grace was more than enough for him in that moment. Paul learned that to rely on God's power that is made perfect in, re in weakness. And so Paul's prayer shifted from, Lord, take this away from me, to Lord, may you be glorified in this situation. Right? That was the shift in Paul's way of thinking. And you see that same sort of attitude now showing up in his other prayers as well. So what are the two things that Paul asks for here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3? Two things. He asks for the gospel to be advanced, the message of the Lord to rapidly spread, and also to be delivered from wicked and evil people. Those two requests sound kind of familiar, don't they? Where have we heard requests like that before when we pray? Well, it's in the Lord's Prayer itself, something we pray together on a regular basis here during our morning worship. Perhaps not word for word, but identical, or excuse me, not word for word or identical, 
but the idea is still the same. The message of the Lord to spread rapidly sounds a lot like thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? To be delivered from wicked people sounds a lot like deliver us from evil. Right? Paul's requests here aren't anything new. Paul's asking the Thessalonians to pray in the spirit and along the lines of the Lord's prayer. Right? Remember, when we say the Lord's prayer, it's not meant to just be some rote recitation of words. Although it can be used that way. We use it here at First Church as part of our worship all the time to say those exact words that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. But if you were to look up Matthew 6 and look in Scripture, what prompted Jesus to share the Lord's Prayer with them was that the disciples asking us, how should we pray? Right? And Jesus says, this is then is how you should pray. Not what you should pray, but how you should pray. Right? That's the important thing, that, that the Lord's Prayer can be used as a prayer, but it's also meant even more than that to be used as a guide, an outline for how we should pray in all things. It's an outline then for, that Jesus used to show his disciples what kind of things to pray for, not just what words to say. And one of the ways we are called to pray is for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And the way we do that, the way that that is accomplished is through the spreading of the gospel. To be delivered from evil is to be protected or rescued from the hands of people that oppose that advance, the advancement of the gospel. So I want to ask you now, as we, as we reflect on the kinds of things that Paul prayed for, what do you normally pray for? When you think about how you spend your time in prayer and the kinds of things that you normally ask God for, what do you usually spend the majority of your time praying about? For most of us, and myself included, right, I am not exempting myself from this at all, most of us normally focus on what's right in front of our face. Most of us focus on those immediate needs that are right in front of us, the sick family member, the stress at work, paying bills and providing for our family. But how many of us dedicate time in prayer asking God to advance the gospel message more rapidly? How many of us regularly pray for boldness in preaching, for Christ-honoring conversations to take place? Maybe just as important, how many of you are praying that God would use you Use me, use all of us personally to advance his kingdom. See, that's a dangerous prayer, isn't it? It's a dangerous prayer to ask God to, uh, to use you personally to share the gospel, to spread the gospel, because he'll answer that prayer, right? God will give you opportunities. He will put you in a position to be a light, to share the gospel if we ask him to. That's why that prayer is so dangerous, right? Because God will answer that. And then we, he'll put us in a position. He'll use us for his good and for his glory. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not bad to pray for personal needs. That's not what I'm saying at all. But when we pray your kingdom, because when we pray your kingdom come, right, in the Lord's Prayer, we also pray, give us this day our daily bread, right? Praying for yourself, for your own needs is not bad. It's not, a, Jesus teaches us to pray that way. But all too often we forget the first part altogether. Too often we pray only for our needs and only for our provision and not spend the time in prayer for the advancement of the gospel that we should. And Paul prays for the gospel to advance swiftly because he knows that only God can make it happen. We spent a lot of time last week talking about what the gospel is and what it means, right? And the bottom line was that the gospel, our salvation, our forgiveness, isn't something we can earn for ourselves. It is God's work from beginning to end. 
We just trust in what God has done for us. We receive by faith the grace that he pours out to us in Christ. We're saved because the Father chose to save us through Jesus Christ from the foundations of this world. We're saved because Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. The one who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. We're saved because the Holy Spirit softens our hearts and enables us to respond to the message of the gospel. So no matter how hard we try from a human standpoint, we'll always fail if God is not a part of that process. That goes for us as individuals, but also goes for us as a church, as a ministry, right? If God's not part of the process, then no matter what we do or how good we are at doing it, it's not going to have the fruit of, of gospel advancement that it should. We can have the best music, and we have some pretty talented musicians in this church. We can have the best children's chat leaders, and we have some pretty wonderful children's chat leaders. Right? We can have the best Sunday school program, the best youth ministry, all of that stuff. We can have it all and be the best at doing it, but if God's not a part of that, right, if we're not seeking God in prayer and asking his spirit to move in the midst of that, then it's all for naught, right? We need to focus on the first thing that's important, right? And that is that asking God to advance his gospel through us, through his ministry, through our communities, our nation, our world. Because if we're not seeking God first and and seeking, you know, the movement of his spirit, then it's just not going to happen. A few years ago, I had the privilege to go to Germany with several of of you. You know, we had a work team that went to Germany to be a part of ministry there. And one day we got to visit some pretty amazing churches in Germany, some beautiful churches that are much older than First Church, right? That have been around a lot longer. Europe has a lot of them. But you know what? Most of them are basically museums now, tourist attractions. They have more people that show up on a weekday to observe the incredible architecture than show up on Sunday to worship the Lord in them. We don't want to be that kind of we don't, want to, we don't want to leave that kind of legacy here at First Church. We want to be a church that, that seeks out God to advance his kingdom here in this place. We want to be a thriving, spirit-filled community so that we can share the gospel with those in need. And that begins by praying for the Lord to advance his gospel rapidly. You know, the pandemic for a lot of us was a wake-up call. It forced us to deal with our utter lack of control. We've had to confront our idols as... <laughs> Idols so much because so much of what we took for granted was ripped away from us in a moment. Even before the pandemic hit, though, the world still needed to know Christ. The coronavirus just made us more aware of that need. And so we need to pray for our church and our community to be a light in a dark place. We need to pray for people like Samuel who are spreading the gospel in foreign countries and foreign mission fields because, because people need the gospel now more than ever. And they need to hear that God is the one who saves us. But he often uses imperfect people like you and me to do the work of the ministry. It's important to remember that the gospel doesn't stop with us either. Paul here notes this. He says, pray for the, the gospel to advance just and, and be glorified just as it was with you. All right, imagine that you had a cure for the coronavirus. No more people sick and dying. People back to work. School back to normal. Right, Ohio State Buckeyes football this fall, right? Imagine that wonderful world, right? If you had a cure to bring all of that back, wouldn't you share it with people? Wouldn't you be shouting it from the rooftops? Of course we would, right? 
But we have something greater than a cure for the coronavirus. We have a cure for what really ails us. We have the gospel. The only reason that you and I are here today, the only reason that we know the Lord personally is because someone shared it with us, right? Someone shared it with you. Don't we owe it to our friends and family to do the same for them? So Paul's prayer here, the kind of prayer that's answered is to be, to see the gospel advance, but he also prays for deliverance from wicked and imperfect people or wicked and evil people, excuse me. That's Paul's second request. Now, to be delivered doesn't mean that he wants to avoid all sorts of interaction and and, and have a perfect, easy ministry, because that's just not going to happen. He knows that trouble will come. After all, he says, the world is full of faithless people. There always has been and always will be people who oppose the gospel. And if we earnestly, earnestly seek to advance his kingdom... Right, if we want to see the gospel advance rapidly and, ask, and want God to do that through us, then we're going to face opposition. Right, I'm not talking about some sort of false persecution mentality. I'm just being realistic. It's going to happen. We will face opposition as we seek to spread the gospel. And Jesus knew that. He told his disciples, in this world you'll have trouble, but fear not, I have overcome the world. And in John 17, as Jesus was praying for his disciples and praying for us, He asked the Father, he says, I've given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. But my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Notice Jesus' prayer there isn't isn't remove all the obstacles out of their way, but give them the strength and protection they need to face the obstacles that will come their way. That's the kind of deliverance Paul is praying for and the kind of deliverance that Jesus encourages us to pray for in the Lord's Prayer. And this passage also reminds us of the confidence that we have in prayer, that as we seek God in these things, because the, kind of, the kind of prayer first, let me, let me share this real quick. The kind of prayer that God answers, right, is prayer to see his kingdom advanced, is prayer to see his will being done and not our own, right? When we seek out his will and not our own, when we seek out his glory and not our own, those are the kinds of prayers that God answers. And those are the kind of prayers that God uses to advance his kingdom, when we put him first, when we, when we put his priorities and his desires first, that's what makes the difference. And those are the kinds of prayers that God will answer for us. And Paul here then gives assurance of our confidence in prayer. And he says three things in these verses. First, he reminds the Thessalonians that God is faithful. That God is faithful to, to fulfill his promises for us. We see that throughout Scripture. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. And then in the New Testament, we see Paul saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that, that all of the promises that God has made are fulfilled for us now in Christ. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 1. That all of the promises of God are fulfilled, have their yes and amen in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so as we pray, we learn to rely on those promises of Scripture because God is faithful and he will fulfill those things. And we know that because of what Jesus has done for us. And so one of the ways we can pray pray in a way that God will answer our prayers is to pray, to know and pray the promises of God because God is faithful to fulfill them. We also see in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 that God is faithful, but he's also working Notice here, he reminds the Thessalonians that God is active and working in their lives already. 
So not only is God faithful to his promises, but you see evidence of that. And Paul says he's confident in the Lord that they are going to continue to strive to, to do what God has commanded them to do. It reminds me of what he says to the Philippian church in chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What we see in scripture is that God is always at work. Even when we don't see it, and even when we think he's forgotten us, he's still working. And God will provide what we need. Paul's closing prayer here for the Thessalonians, and I'll say this in in closing myself, is that God, he asked God to provide what they lack, what they need. He asked God to direct their hearts towards God's love and Christ's provision. That's what we need more than anything else. What we need more than anything else in the world is not health, it's not wealth, it's not prosperity, it's not an easy life. We need Jesus. We need to experience his love and his saving grace for ourselves. And that's something we can only know and only experience in a relationship with the Lord. As we experience that love, as we learn to trust him, then he'll provide the strength to endure whatever hardships we face. That's what it means to have Christ's perseverance, to know and experience that for ourselves and then to share in the perseverance that Christ has, that he endured as he faced the cross and in doing so, he did it for our sake. Those are the kinds of prayers that God answers. And so I want to encourage you today to pray like that. Pray for your own provision, of course. There's nothing wrong with that. But as you do so, also pray that God's kingdom would be advanced that his gospel would go forth rapidly and that he would, he would guard and protect and provide his perseverance for those that are working in the ministry. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for your word and thank you for the promises that you do make us. Lord, in Christ, all of our promises are fulfilled. All of your promises are fulfilled for us. And so we hold on to that hope. We hold on to the, your goodness. And we know, Lord, that you are faithful to do them. We pray these things all in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand, if you're able, and in closing, let's sing about the Father's love for us. The praise song is, How Deep the Father's Love, the words are printed in your bulletin.
Just a reminder for those of you who are here with us in the sanctuary today, if you're able to stick around and hear from uh, more what Samuel has to share, uh, I invite you to come over right after the service into the ministry center. Um, He's going to be sharing some more over there. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. You may go in peace. Amen.